Hello and welcome to For Your Reconsideration, the film podcast equivalent of Piles. Because just when you think it's gone away, it comes on back again, stronger than ever. <laughs> that is, of course, in reference to our little little gap that we've done. Yes, completely unplanned, unavoidable hiatus, uh, which... Um, you, we've we've all just been very busy, haven't we? It's been we a have, crazy time. Yeah. It's been chaos, hasn't it, fellows? Um, I, I'm so sorry. We nearly got this done a week ago, but uh, during that day, I fessed up that my throat was a bit scratchy. It's a really good job we didn't, guys, because um, when we array, agreed that we'll give it another week, um, my little boy said, let's play Goldeneye. So I've got an N64 set up at home just for Goldeneye. Um, which is the saddest thing. <laughs> um, it was and, a brilliant he, thing. Oh, well, yeah, it's, de- it's dead ace. But he really likes that library level, you know, the archives. So, But he just likes, you know, because the stick is so, you know, the joystick bit is so pronounced. He just loves spinning in space. So we were doing that, and I have to be honest, at eight o'clock, I, we spanned so much I threw up. <laughs> Cold and I literally made me chuck up. <laughs> but my word, did I enjoy it. Great. Um, it's such a good... And that, you know, the pause tune for Goldeneye. You know, when the little watch comes up. Boom, <laughs> it's so good. Whoa. Like the genius of that when you press pause and he pulls out his little watch and it goes into oh. the watch and that's the menu. Oh, what a it game. It's perfection, is. isn't it? It really is. Anyway, enough. This is a game. The listeners podcast. will be chuffed with this. The quality's not gone down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what have you guys been watching this week? Uh, well, oh. these five weeks, these six weeks since we were last together. <laughs> yeah, uh, quite a lot. So I'll, I'll go through some of the highlights. <laughs> Obviously, I saw the Nick Cage film, which is pretty much a three-star movie, but if you love Nick Cage, it's a four-star movie. So that's fine. <laughs> um, so I've got a few things just to rattle through. Uh, something that I thought was absolutely amazing, uh, The Northman, which I think is still mm. playing at the odd cinema. So this is a visually stunning epic tale of Viking revenge that takes in folklore, mysticism, and madness. Basically, everything you would normally find in a Robert Eggers film, but this time he somehow managed to convince a studio to give him $70 million to make it. Oh. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. It's so good, isn't it? Cool. Not, not, enough, not enough Nordic peen for me, though. No. There was... <laughs> It's ridiculous to say, but I just found it really jarring how there wasn't any cocks in it. I was just like, "Why?" <laughs> it's the most it's the most masculine film I've ever seen, and not not in like a gratuitous way, but um, just like it would have just a bit of wang wouldn't have gone amiss. I don't think. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the the final scene is just like an eighties heavy metal rock album cover. It's just incredible. Like, it's, it's one of the most epic things I've ever seen. I think it's fair to say that none of us would have fared well in Viking times. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Cool. I really want to see that. You know, I really, really do want to see It's that. great. It's, yeah, it's really it's good. very, very good. Yeah, it's very, very good. And uh, what else have I done? So I've uh, introduced the little fella to the original Star Wars trilogy, which was a lovely bonding experience for us and all the more rewarding because he absolutely loved them. And I don't know if it's a controversial opinion or not, but our favourite is episode four, A New Hope, out of the original three. Nice. Yeah. I agree. I rewatched them not long ago. I think it's the most like 
magical one. Yeah, for sure. It is very magical, isn't it? Yeah. And it's complete as well, because obviously Empire is probably a better film, but there's it ends on a massive cliffhanger Empire, yeah. whereas yeah. if they never made another Star Wars after the original one, then it tells a complete story. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely agree, yeah. And the lovely, you know, like the the when the medal ceremony and he's got that lovely yellow leather jacket on. Yeah. Like, Steady on, Luke. <laughs> and there, yeah. Gorgeous. Um, and uh, no, I think um, Jedi is my favourite of the original trilogy. Absolutely flipping love that it. Is um, that is that controversial. That is controversial. I realise yeah. that is controversial. Because um, the second half of it is just a rehash of A New Hope anyway. <laughs> Blow up the Death Star again. <laughs> very good, very good. But it does have it does have a Rancor beast in it. Eating yeah. little greeny pigmen. And the Ewoks. I do love that, yeah. The opening to Jedi is good. The Luke with his hood going to save Leia. Yeah. Oh, yes. That is so really good. good. Quite a lot of subtitles, which is difficult for a four-year-old to get on board yes. with, to be honest. Yeah. I had to do a lot of reading during that. <laughs> <laughs> reading it up. Did he like did he like like Jabber and Yeah, creatures that? loves it. Like they're oh, all puppets, so aren't they, at the end of the day? So yeah, he loves all that. So nice. It's annoying though, on, on Disney Plus they only have the you know, the ones that Lucas had jiggery pokeried around with. I can't mm. remember what the originals are like anymore now you know with all the new cg that got put in in the early 2000s and whatnot i can't remember which shots weren't in the originals and which were and how they worked around it and things like that well i have to be honest i've got um you know i've got a (laughs) net 64 just for goldeneye yeah i've got a vhs player just for my old tapes of the star wars with the original cuts oh class yeah um didn't some guy like unofficially bring out like a DVD with the he like restored the original cuts? And They'd make a, a fortune DVD. if they go right. They really would. We've done yeah. a 4K and it's the original theatrical releases from the 70s and 80s. They'd make an absolute fortune. They really would. I, I'd buy it. I, I would definitely buy it because I don't oh, own. Yeah. I don't own any of the original Star Wars on any format. No, mm. and it was because of that. Because I remember when the VHSs come out and it was all the remasters, and it's like. They just kind of ruined it. In fact, they're still good. Obviously, it's just, mm. it's just, and obviously, Ethan, my my son, he knows no different, and he expects a bit of CGI in there at yeah, this stage. Yeah. But he's like, "Oh, can we watch Star Wars Episode Seven now?" And I was like, "Do we go back and do the prequels? Do we go on to Seven? You know, there's problems yeah. with both those trilogies for me. Well, so it's because it wouldn't be with the first trilogy if it wasn't an hour of trade disputes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not enough puppets." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, just one final thing I wanted to shout out as well. So I've been watching a lot of Sam Raimi movies this year uh, because I was uh, I actually went to go and see a Marvel Cinematic Universe film at the cinema. I went to see Doctor Strange, which was fine. Uh, but I've been watching a lot of his filmography in the in the lead up to that to sort of get me reacquainted with his style. And the two biggest highlights being Drag Me to Hell, which I'd never seen before. Had you never seen that? Oh, it's good. Delightfully mean spirited. It is, isn't it? Really good movie. <laughs> it's the yeah. most unreasonable movie in the world. Like, that <laughs> poor girl it? just doing a job. Like, fucking rocks. And that ending's amazing as well. I was it's like great. laughing yeah, my head off at the great. ending. I was like, oh, he's just so mean. Um, <laughs> so great. So great. I love that, that kind of unexpectedly. An unexpected shocker that just comes over and really sort of reinvigorates your your love for the movies and the director as well and stuff yeah. like that. You know, yeah, I love that stuff. And I also watched as well. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Uh, 
a simple plan, which is on the quiet one of the best thrillers of the nineties and the most un Sam Raimi film ever made. Did he do the Billy Bob Thornton one? Yeah, yeah. I you wouldn't get honestly if you didn't see the credits at the start, you wouldn't think there's one shot in it which involves a shotgun where you know it's Sam Raimi and apart from that it's essentially him making his version of Coen Brothers mm. movie and yeah. I just thought it was absolutely flawless and Billy Bob Thornton who I'm sure we'll be discussing in great detail later on he just gives one of the best on-screen performances I've ever seen he was nominated for an Oscar and didn't win it's an absolute travesty it's just incredible as this small town fool who's not as quite as stupid as as he would have you believe so yeah absolutely love that a simple plan is always streaming on bbc iplayer if anyone wants to check it out it's like constantly on there it's very good thriller very enjoyable very enjoyable bill paxton as well can't beat it nice Sai, what about you what have you uh, been enjoying oh man yeah also seen those also watched doctor strange which i um thoroughly enjoyed mainly because of how all the Sam Raimi bits in it. I, I wasn't really massively into all the like marvelness of it, but the Raimi stuff was great. Um, although I did almost shit my pants with one musical cue that came halfway through the film, which it's got some uh, very good jump scares in it. Yeah, fair. really good jump scares. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was there were some moments in it where I just absolutely loved. Another one was. Um, I went to watch uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, ah. which is the the latest film from Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner, known as the Daniels, who did uh, Swiss Army Man. Um, you know the one with uh, Radcliffe, Paul Dano, and Daniel Radcliffe as a as a dead as a cadaver. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they've done a few like bonkers music videos. I think they did that Little John video with all the like you know when everyone was like falling through the ceilings in a block of flats. I believe it is they called Turn Down for What. Turn down for what? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one. Uh, but yeah, the, the the latest is um, it's an absolutely incredible, chaotic and energetic madcap of a movie. That's it's also like surprisingly poignant because um, it deals with like family dynamics, companionship, and the overbearing weight of living with regret. But then there's this thing over the top of it about a multiverse and things like that. It, very, very out there and very totally bonkers. But it's brilliantly inventive and just really fucking bug nuts in its delivery. It's just crazy. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's so unique and wonderful. So that I, you know, I implore anyone and everyone who's been clambering for originality to to seek it out and give it a watch. It's it deserves your attention. It's it's absolutely wonderful. I've never seen a film like it before, to be honest. And yeah, it's it's great. And a um I've totally forgot his name, but a great return for a short round from Indiana Jones, um, <laughs> yes. Temple of Doom, who is in it. And not seen him for, I don't know, when, when the last time I saw him in a movie? And it was just great. The Goonies, to see him probably, I would have thought. Yeah, and he's he's amazing in it. Um, Ki Huai Kwan, mm. yeah, and he's just this, he's, he's now a middle-aged man, and but he's he's brilliant in it. That's going to be so levels. weird, seeing that. Like, yeah, he's like Macaulay yeah. Culkin, like, forever a, a <laughs> child in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got James Hong in it as well, who plays like um, the, the the father of Michelle Yeoh, who's like the main the main character in it. It's it's a great movie. It's it's a yeah as five star as five star films can be. I think wow, so that's definitely, a recommendation. Definitely, definitely check that out. Nice. What about you, Robert? Other than making yourself sick with the N64, <laughs> <laughs> just been just been playing the bunker of Goldeneye repeatedly. <laughs> 
You say that like this is a thing I recently set up. It's been like this for some time. Um, <laughs> Copper no, soaps uh, and archives. <laughs> <laughs> the, the title of my forthcoming autobiography. <laughs> Vomming in my pyjamas. Chapter two. Um, yeah, I really haven't watched a lot. Um, as I'm sure, you know, you come to expect. Um, obviously, Expedition Bigfoot is rumbling on so, so well at the they moment. They found him yet? <laughs> they haven't, but they did get a very interesting heat signature on a... <laughs> was that the cliffhanger to get you to get the it next was, episode? It was, it was for the next episode. <laughs> but my God, look what we found. And it's like a wispy little thing in the distance, like, hooked! When, when's the next episode? Friday night? No! No! Um, can't wait. How in fact, are they I've getting got... away with it? Well, <laughs> this is it. And how are we getting away with it? We talk about it every episode. <laughs> this is how they get away with it. Um, no, I, I'd like to also... Uh, well... Not so much a movie, but I've been watching some of um, Anatomy of a Scandal on Netflix. Um, oh, yes. And it's fabulously well made um, and really, really incisive and biting, um, which is just what you'd expect if you're familiar with the uh, the novel. Um, so just as an aside here, um, I was very lucky to, on our sister pod dojo podcast, Blood Brothers podcast, I was very lucky to interview Sarah Vaughan, who wrote the original book. And it gave me a really interesting insight into how Netflix go about this and how authors can have a role in the production. So they included her quite readily in production and would send her script pages to make notes for and stuff like that. And in the end, she's got an executive producer credit on it. Um, but she said it was lovely and she's got a lovely story about Sienna Miller when she went on set one day and you can imagine what that would be like if you've written something and suddenly, yeah. and it was a courtroom scene and Sienna, who she'd met, never met before, Sienna Miller looked up at the into the gallery where the writer was Sarah Vaughan and said, Oh, hi, Sarah. Like that, you know, just how lovely is that? You know? Um, so yeah, she's just very, very thrilled. And, and it's a really great adaptation of a really great book. So I would certainly recommend it. It's um, yeah, extremely cool for it. And I have to say as well, Sarah Vaughan is one of the nicest people out there that you can meet. So the, the success here is really thoroughly deserved. Aside from that though, um, we tried to sit down. I said to all the kids, it's movie night. Come on, sit down. And you know, you can cycle through Netflix and you can do a, like you get like a little 20 second snippet of the film, don't you? So yeah. rather than watching trailers, we were doing that, you know, and we were going through everything and it took oh, forever and no one could settle and there was bickering going on. I mean, to, to give you a flavor listeners, trying to get a 12, you know, a near 12 year old girl, a seven-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy to meet in the middle on something was very <laughs> difficult. Um, but there was one film that they all settled on and screamed for. M- Paul Black Mall Cop <laughs> 2. <laughs> no. Back in the Habit. No, because I said it had to be something we hadn't seen before. It's probably my fault. Back in the Habit! <laughs> <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> no. There's no like I could give you a million guesses. There's no way you could you could get it. But the twenty second Grizzly Man, <laughs> <laughs> oh Mr. Chocolate. Um, <laughs> there is no, no, there is absolutely. You must never listen to. <laughs> it's such a good movie that such a good film. So I'll describe what happens in the sequence. Right, um, an overweight. Oh dear, are you? Can I say an overweight woman goes down a slide or is trying to go down a slide? Norbit. It is, it's Norbit. <laughs> They're all like, we want Norbit! Give us Norbit! And it was just that, like, 
Hey, are we? 165. <laughs> they, they go around the house quoting it now. <laughs> What's happening? So I said, you can't watch Norbit. There's no way we're sitting here watching Norbit. And they were like, at one point, like, Norbit, Norbit, Norbit. <laughs> the only time that's ever happened. Uh, so we managed to, I managed to sway them off that. And we watched... Um, Super Mario Brothers, the the Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo movie. I mean, it's not movie. much of an upgrade, <laughs> is it, really? <laughs> um, it's as bananas as you remember. Definitely yeah, as bananas mate. as you remember. Its links to its source material are bonkers. But there's a bit of a charm to it. I quite liked. We might have to do it. We might have to do it at some point. <laughs> is it the repeat it, where they use they use some weaponry and it's like the old the SNES gun that you got yeah the, the, yeah the SNES cannon was was a a weapon it, yeah oh, ridiculous the, movie though it's really it's, it's <laughs> I mean I have to be honest I love Bob Hoskins to pieces but him casting him as Mario is a strange he looks a bit like him yeah it's a strange vibe for me this one <laughs> well uh, the thing is you do have to take into account that uh, after about three days that him and John uh, Leguiz, uh, how do you say his name? Leguizamo. John, John Leguizamo. They realised that this thing was an absolute piece of shit, basically, <laughs> and they just got they just got pissed the entire time. Did they? Yeah. Oh, I like it even more cool. now. They're going yeah. out drinking constantly. I, it's, but it, they make so many strange choices in this movie. I don't. It, Dennis Hopper's in that movie. He is, and he's swinging for the fences. <laughs> and I don't understand. There's like there's amazing puppetry going on it, it's it's a weird but I would say you know we could end the episode now for your reconsideration <laughs> Super Mario Brothers go check it out it's mad it's probably not it's probably not what you remember either because obviously I remember the bitter disappointment but going back to to watch it now I actually thought yeah. there's quite a bit I really enjoyed about it I think that was the first time it ever dawned on me that uh, films weren't always a treat and sometimes they could be absolutely awful <laughs> Quite a realization for like a six or seven year old. <laughs> like I'm not having fun watching this. <laughs> the guy who directed it was the guy who did like Max Headroom, wasn't it? So it's just like so fucking this niche British comedy skit. Yeah. Let's give him the keys to this worldwide global I, phenomenon of a video game. And it's like it's if, so you, weird. if you want to see like a screen interpretation of something that has so little to do with the actual original material. Or they've taken the original material and warped it. I mean, it's what the Goombas with the tiny heads. Mm, What's happening? I remember those. What's happening here? Um, So yes, do do check it out. But there is only one other film that I've watched in the intervening period, and that's tonight's movie. Shall we dive straight in, fellas? Yes, please. Goodness me. It's been so long coming. Um, Right, logline. None of this is made up, this is all real. A bunch of potty-mouthed and potty-brained borderline criminals have to go to space, paid by NASA, to save the world. Yes, that's that's actually all accurate. Of course, it's the movie which we don't know how anyone keeps a straight face while saying some of these lines. It's 1998's Michael Bay Feast Armageddon. Down 9 
What hit us? Small asteroid fragments. This morning. How big were those? Those were nothing. The size of basketballs and Volkswagens. This new one you're tracking, how big? It's the size of Texas, Mr. President. It's what we call a global killer. The end of mankind. Half the world will be incinerated by the heat blast. And the rest will freeze to death in nuclear winter. Basically the worst parts of the Bible. Hitting a rock from the outside won't do the job. So we nuke this thing from the inside? How? We drill. We're bringing the world's best deep core driller. The United States government has just asked us to save the world. We're talking about space, right? Outer space? This is like deep blue hero stuff. I'm there. I'm with you. Beam me up, Scotty. I want all of you listening to know that everything that can be done to wage this terrible battle is being called into service. May we all see these events through with the courage worthy of this challenge. All right, flight directors, I want the go, no, go for launch. Booster, go flight. GMC, go flight. Hey, Harry, you know we're sitting on four million pounds of fuel, one nuclear weapon, and a thing that has 200,000 moving parts built by the lowest bidder. Makes you feel good, doesn't it? Gentlemen, you're warriors up there. You're already heroes, just sit back and enjoy the ride. The dreams of an entire planet are focused on the 14 brave souls traveling into the heavens. Astronauts, welcome to space. It's about time I haven't flown up in about an hour. Let's start praying about it right now. Listen, this is a kick ass ride. Touchstone Pictures presents Bruce Willis. Billy Bob Thornton, Liv Tyler, Ben Affleck, Will Patton, and Steve Buscemi. Just hold on! trailer rolled we were only scratching the surface of this movie's trivia um <laughs> and there are some zingers to come folks um but yeah oh, armageddon uh, i guess the question is why am i bringing this to the table um i would rephrase that question is as to why have i not brought this to the table sooner <laughs> um i think We've never done a Bay film, have we? Amazingly, yeah. Yeah, somehow. There's a few. There's a few I mean, there is a few that qualify. Um, so I don't think this will be the last time that we go to Baytown. Um, but also with, you know, recent Bruce Willis news, etc., I thought it'd be good to, to visit a Brucey. And yeah, with that in mind, the planet's just aligned. Sorry, that seems like I wrote that joke weeks ago. <laughs> it's not like that. Like, literally, it just feels like this is the right time for Armageddon to come to FYR. Well, in more ways than one, by the way, the planet's going at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> we have to laugh, because we'll cry otherwise. Um, so, yeah, Armageddon for myself. I didn't see it at the cinema. Watched it on DVD. I think it was DVD at home. And... It blew my mind to pieces, really. I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for schmaltz. I really am. Like, and I cried 
relentlessly at the end of this film. <laughs> and I did today as well. But like not like manful little tears, like <laughs> you know, it was yeah, really, really nailed me. And it does every time. That said, I, I realise it's not without <laughs> its faults. But I would wager, as blockbusters go, in terms of delivering a spectacle and delivering entertainment, I think this does it in spades. But what about you guys? What about your relationship with Armageddon? Yeah, so I went to see this with my dad on its release, uh, which will have been in August of 1998, at the Tatton Theatre in Gatley, which unfortunately is no longer with us, which seems like a magical place in my mind, but it was probably Mm. an absolute turd hole (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was like a little old-fashioned like full-screen theater not far from where we lived and uh yeah we went to watch it you know a week or two after it'd come out and as a 13 year old i thought it was the greatest motion picture i'd ever seen (laughs) (laughs) i just remember being completely overwhelmed by the whole spectacle of it and I was quite embarrassed at the end because I got quite choked up and I looked over to my dad who was sat beside me and he was wiping a tear away from his eyes. <laughs> yes! Result. So perhaps he, perhaps it's also one of his favourite motion pictures. I don't know, I haven't asked him. But yes, yes. So I was very excited to see it. I remember, you know, back in the day, it was possible if you weren't like reading up uh, film magazines, which I don't think I was that much when I was 13 to actually be surprised when you saw a trailer come out for something. Mm. And by the way, oh, this is going to be out in like a month and it's a new Bruce Willis action movie. And the, in the trailer, they put the bit where, spoilers, Paris gets levelled by the, by the <laughs> asteroid. <laughs> and I was like, that looks like the most realistic thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, look at those special effects. That's incredible. So I couldn't wait to see it. And it didn't disappoint 13-year-old me. <laughs> whatsoever. I thought it was amazing. Um, very cool. Very cool. Uh, Sai, what about you? How do you and, and how far do you and Armageddon go back? I think I went to see it at the cinema, but I just really don't recall my sort of original viewing of it. I, I haven't... It's one of those films where the sort of... Um, its place in pop culture has really surpassed my memory of the film itself <laughs> because of it's become a bit of a joke, a running joke, hasn't it, over the years as a film for everyone involved. And I watched it for this recording, and I think it's the second time I've seen it. And I just um, very glad uh, we watched it. And it was one of I think it's the first film we've done after what eighty five episodes where my um, Better half was very eager to sit and watch it with me because she loves a disaster movie. Nice. No spoilers. Had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, yeah, but it was. It's a great film to bring for a rewatch. Excellent, excellent. And uh, d- did you guys see Deep Impact, which obviously famously came out the same summer as yes, this movie? And it was yeah. a race. It was like. The original Olympus Has Fallen versus White House Down, you know, when you yes. have two exact same movies going into production at the same time and who can get out first. And Deep Impact is actually quite different to It's a lot different, it is, isn't it? Yeah, Much yeah. more cerebral. Yeah. Not difficult that really, but No. <laughs> it's actually some humans, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because uh, I remember that the sort of consensus generally is that Deep Impact is a better film. Yeah. It's not as much fun though. But I remember at the time, Armageddon was the most more popular film, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was a. It was interesting. They, they came out like in the same month or something, and it was just like, why? Why are we getting too? Well, it was like true. Volcano and Dante's Peak, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Crazy how this happens. Mm. It, it, yeah, it's like that lightning in a bottle thing, but it, lightning striking twice somehow. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't know how it really how it works. Do you, how do you think it works? How do you think two very similar movies come out? At the I same just think time? it's timing and coincidence. I just think. That's what happens, and we're very much at the sort of peak of '90s disaster movies at this stage. Mm. So we've had Twister, uh, Independence Day, and then these two were sort of like up in the ante again uh, from those films because this is complete annihilation of the planet. And yeah, they must have just had—I don't know if it was something in the news or to do with climate or what have you. It just—it's funny how that happens, isn't it? Mm. I think you know, studios just option similar ideas sometimes and then they just happen to be moving into production at the same time i think this is kind of like a watershed moment for the 90s though this film i think it's like the last of those 90s action blockbusters because the following year you get the matrix and blade isn't too far away after this either and it Mm. just feels like this style of action blockbuster goes away for for a little while in terms of this big tentpole crazy Bruckheimer yeah. action mm. thing. And then obviously he goes more to um to more family fair like National Treasure and uh Does Pirates, of, Pirates the Caribbean. of the Caribbean. Yeah. Because yeah. Because I, I certainly remember when this came out and um like looking back at it like on reflection, it's definitely in that realm of real event cinema. It was a big deal when it came out. You know, we 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 speak about like Jurassic Park and Independence Day quite a lot on this podcast as those 90s big event moments in cinema and I, you know I'm, I'm not putting this up there in terms of the quality to equal the quality of those two films but it certainly was in terms of an event it was a big two and a half hour movie which were quite rare in the 90s really like you you know nowadays most films that come out were over two hours but back then it was you know anything over two hours was a huge budget, a huge summer release where everyone went to see it several times. The whole family would go and see it on a Saturday mm. night or whatever. Um, and it, and you're right. I think it was the, the, the sort of, perhaps it was the actual last one or it was certainly one of the last ones where it was a real family event to go to the cinema and watch a big blockbuster movie. And Because I, I, I don't think it's ever got to the... Those same sort of heights. If you take out all the Marvel stuff in you know, IP, yeah, you know, so like something that's ba- not based on any pre-existing material as well. It's just a star-led, mm. big tentpole mm. action film. Yeah, because it's not aimed at kids, is it? But it's no. a film that kids would go and watch <laughs> with their parents. Well, they, they, they would. I mean, again, I'll get, we'll get onto this in a bit, but it's the only reason you you can't take kids to this really is the the dialogue. Yeah. The attitudes and the what because the, the science is too confusing for children. Is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I think at one point, you know, someone shouts, "Let's get off this turd." <laughs> well, again, uh, to invoke my uh, my son, he came down and he crept out of bed when me and uh, Mrs S were watching this, and he came downstairs and watched half an hour of it with us. <laughs> he was mm. completely captivated with all the rockets and it would NASA captivate training. kids seriously. Yeah, and, yeah. and now, uh, now when you ask him what he wants to be when he grows up, he says an oil driller, <laughs> <laughs> a NASA sponsored oil driller because 
they exist. It's the most they? important job in the world, Dad. <laughs> Nobody else can do it. Uh, um, right. Oh dear, sorry. There's so much to take in here. So it must qualify. Um, I haven't checked. Just when you guys signed off on it while we were recording the last episode, I assumed it was okay. But we must be here. Um, budget and box office? Well, it ain't on the numbers. So <laughs> <laughs> Armageddon was released on July 1st, 1998 in uh, 3,127 theatres in the United States and Canada. It ranked first at the box office with an opening weekend gross of $36 million. It grossed $201.6 million in the United States and Canada and $352.1 million in other territories for a worldwide total of $553.7 million. It was the highest grossing film of 1998 worldwide, which you look at that, $550 million, that wouldn't even be classed as a hit these days. Mm. So the highest grossing film in the world in 1998 and the second highest grossing film of that year in the United States, finishing just behind, can you guys name that film? It's a Steven Spielberg film. Saving Private Ryan? Yes, correct. Oh, nice. Tom Hanks, an absolute machine in the 90s. I didn't realise that was that successful. In terms yeah. Of yeah, huge in America, because obviously it's a very patriotic movie, that, isn't it? Mm. So uh, did amazing business there. And the budget for Armageddon was around $140 million. At the time, <laughs> it's the biggest production. It had the largest budget of any production uh, ever approved by Disney under the wow. Touchstone banner. So. It was a wow. beast. Oh my God. It's the size of Texas, Mr. President. <laughs> this is his film after Bad Boys, right? Michael Bay. No, he, he does the action masterpiece, The Rock, in between. Oh, of course he does. Well, that give that's why he got the budget for this, wasn't it? Jeez. Flipping heck. Why didn't he bring Cage over as well? I know. That's the only thing this movie's missing. Cage <laughs> is Harry Stamper. Not old enough, I suppose. Oh, you, uh, C- Cage is Rockhound. <laughs> He would have loved that role. Uh, um, so, well, we, now we know it was a monster hit. Um, critics, uh, this is where I'm going to get very sad, I feel, Si. Um, I mean, I, well, yeah, well, I mean, of course, this is where he qualifies, given Michael Bay's rather rocky relationship with the critics over the years. Uh, <laughs> um, currently, Armageddon sits at 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm 42 on Metacritic. Um, with uh, critics such as Roger Ebert saying, this movie is an assault on the eyes, the ears, the brain, common sense, and the human desire to be entertained. (laughs) Uh, Giving it one star. Andrew Saris of The Observer confessed that at times, I found myself rooting for the meteor to hit the earth and put us all out of our misery. (laughs) (laughs) While Jamie Bernard of the uh, New York Daily News said, the end of the world is going to be very noisy and Filled with some of the worst dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't. It wasn't all bad though. Uh, David Anson of Newsweek said Armageddon is as irresistible as it is indefensible. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's just re- yeah, the critics hated this film to be top to bottom. Absolutely hated it. Every they just really they have a real rage boner for Michael Bay, and I don't think that's ever changed. I don't think there's ever a film that's come out where someone has been like, yeah, it's good, yeah, well done, Bay. I don't. They just. I, I think The Rock got those kind of reviews. I think that's like got a sixty-five percent rating. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, and it's in the Criterion Collection. The Rock's incredible. I mean, the audience are obviously on the right side of history with this one. Uh, It's more respectable, 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is it. 6.3 on Metacritic, so, you know, close to the critics on that. And a 3 on Letterboxd. I was a bit disappointed with that. I expected it's higher than a 3. Anything above a 2.9 on Letterboxd, I'm happy with. Well, I mean, it's true. It's basically just made up of a string of reviews along the lines of stupidest movie ever made, but I still love it. Those sorts of reviews. Um, Han Solo, not not the Han Solo, I assume, <laughs> um, said, uh, this movie grabs my heart and doesn't let go. I cried at the end. I'm a grown man, and I cried at the end of Armageddon. No one can take that away from me. <laughs> he gave it four stars, I think, with that review. But, um, yeah, the critics did not like it. Audience kind of, kind of like it, but, uh, yeah, that's why we're allowed to watch it for, for this here podcast. Unsurprisingly, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I love it when we get that um, disparity between critic and audience. I, I, I always love that. Yeah, um, that's a big swing, isn't it? Thirty-eight to seventy-three. Yeah, is quite yeah. A big, big. And it swing. shows that at the end of the day, moviegoers and and people who watch movies just want to be entertained, really, primarily. Um, and despite how silly so much of this is, I still think it's entertaining. Fucking brilliant. and again you know uh, we use Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and all that as a metric but we must be clear that we don't believe that that is a good way to choose whether Mm. you watch a movie or not Mm. which is why I always feel like we should reiterate that no I agree agree, that's a very good point because I I see more and more where I mean Rotten Tomatoes themselves have a, a sort of feature that's called Rotten Tomatoes is wrong about and then the film which is very similar to... Sort I wonder of where they got their ideas. But they're they're official. They have official lines to it. We're just unofficially aping on their numbers. Um, <laughs> but there are so many people on Twitter who go like, oh, Rotten Tomatoes is shit because of this is this percentage. But it's like it's literally just an aggregate made from reviews that already exist. An aggregator. Though. It could have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and that's 100% three-star reviews. It doesn't mean it's the best word, the best yeah, movie exactly. in the world. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. true. So, it, so true. It, it, it's, um, I think there's a lot of misconception around what Rotten Tomatoes is. People don't understand what an aggregator is, unfortunately. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> While it does have its flaws, it's a very misunderstood thing, Rotten Tomatoes. It's not the be-all and end-all of judging movies let's, no no it's let's not put that it's not. to you know to the bed um but yeah and it wasn't just the critics as well guys who were harsh on the film when asked why he did this film steve buscemi replied i wanted a bigger house <laughs> 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 billy bob thornton has admitted to doing this film for the money and often jokes about acting in it he has however called it not that bad he would and... be right <laughs> it's not that bad <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay thinks Armageddon is his worst film and he's made five Transformers movies. So. <laughs> no way. How? It's just hilarious. Like, does he think that he was was the studio interference or something? Why? No, why he only he had even... 16 weeks to make it and he basically oh said God. he would have done the entire third act differently if he'd had more time. 
Right, right, right. He said wow, it was just a nightmare. Sense. Like, it was just non-stop the entire time. 16 and, weeks? Yeah, and they obviously didn't have a finished script when they went into production because of the amount of screenwriters that are on this. Well, yes. On yeah. this. It was, it was changing constantly. Uh, they only added the love story between Ben Affleck and uh, Liv Tyler because Titanic did so well the previous year. It's so cynical. It really wow. is. And apparently it? they used to joke around with Ben Affleck saying that uh, basically they could fire him at any point and it wouldn't change the movie. They'd just remove the love story. <laughs> <laughs> ben Affleck, he's so young in this. He looks about 12 in it. Yeah, he is. He doesn't young. like this movie either, as well, which is uh, his world famous commentary track. Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> on to the world famous commentary track. I, I think, uh, lads, we really have to uh, put this in. Yes, definitely. Yes. I asked Michael why it was easier to train oil drillers to become astronauts than it was to train astronauts to become oil drillers, and he told me to shut, shut, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so that, that was the end of that talk. He's like, you know, Ben, just shut up, okay? You know, this is a real plan, all right? I was like, you mean it's a real plan at NASA to train oil drillers? Just <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> See, here's where we demonstrate that, because Bruce is going to tell the guys that they did a bad job of building the drill tank. He did a piss. See, he's a salt-of-the-earth guy. And the NASA nerdonauts don't, uh, don't understand uh, his salt-of-the-earth ways, his rough-and-tumble ways. Like, somehow they can build rocket ships, but they don't understand, like, what makes a good tranny. <laughs> Like eight whole months, as if that's not enough time to learn how to drill a hole. But in a week, we're going to learn how to be astronauts. One whole week, now you know how to fly into space? I need my guys. Why do you need them? They're the best. Everyone's the best. Why are they the best? I don't know. They just are. You don't trust the men you're working with. You're good as you want to send these boys into space, fine. Sure, they'll make good astronauts. They don't know jack about drilling. I mean, this is a little bit of a logic stretch, let's face it. They don't know jack about drilling. How hard can it be? Aim the drill at the ground and turn it on. You think it's just drilling a hole? There's a lot you gotta know about. And when you're gonna break, snap off an edge in a tranny on a corner of a hot pipe, and you're gonna get a gas pop. Like, yeah, well... What about when the booster rockets don't fire and your EVA suit and your zero gravity? You know, didn't you see? A, didn't you see Apollo thirteen, boy? <laughs> oh, it's, I'm crying. It's so funny. But it's just um, is it wasn't that on the Criterion release of Armageddon? How was Armageddon in the Criterion collection? I can understand the Rock, Sean Connery, and Nicholas Cage are in that movie, oh. but. Yeah, I mean, what you've got to take into account here as well is that at this stage in his career, Ben Affleck is an Oscar-winning screenwriter as well. Yes. <laughs> he's yes. read this script, clearly, but now his agent wants to turn him into a movie star. And he's read it and gone, this is garbage. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, you're doing it because it will make tons and tons of money. <laughs> so he's like, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> I, I, but it, it's really refreshing, isn't it, to hear someone speak so candidly about a movie they've been been in. Yeah, he just lays it all out and all of the flaws with the movie and gives quite nicely does the setup for the movie for us as well. This is about an <laughs> asteroid heading towards the <laughs> Earth 
and Bruce Willis and his gang of redneck drillers get <laughs> thrown into space to <laughs> drill a hole in it and blow it up before it gets to the Earth. <laughs> it's so, it, uh, this this premise should have been shot down like at a roundtable meeting at the very start. I mean, it wouldn't even. How has this been greenlit? I, it's absolutely, I'm so glad it has. Yeah. Let's let's keep that there. Because this is one of those big budget curios again, isn't it? That we, we so enjoy. Um, can I add at this point that um, one of the writers, I was amazed when I saw this name on the screen, is um, a chap called Shane Salerno, who now present day is a, um, he's like a, a hit making um, literary agent. Yes. Um, so he represents Don Winslow. Um, so, you know, and writers of his caliber and ilk. So it's, uh, yeah, very, very like, whoa, whoa, what's going on there? You know, seeing his name up there. He's written Avatar 4 as well, apparently. Yes. Due to come out in about yes. 10 years. <laughs> but very interesting stuff. Um, should we just barrel straight into this? Let's yeah. get going with, um, a sensational logo they've got for the word Armageddon. Let's just throw that straight out. Yeah, I mean, it explodes, doesn't it? I pissed yes. myself straight away. Open, <laughs> open logo. It's like, what is going on? Um, is it like there's some like Charlton Heston narration going over? Yes, the there is. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so portentous and stupid. So like it happened before. <laughs> it will happen again. It's like jazz. Off you go. <laughs> All that trend of like spoofing movies was basically because of Armageddon, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, those ridiculous uh act it's all it's all aimed at Armageddon. It's just it's Yeah, just Team America different. World Police is aimed squarely at Michael Bay's style of filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, isn't it? It really is. It's very obvious from the very early stages of this film that there isn't going to be a great deal of subtlety here. Well no, well, I mean obviously it's not. <laughs> I think it's just like the the opening scene with NASA and Billy Bob Thornton, who's like the first sort of famous face, isn't it, we see in the NASA control room. And the way the camera swoops around him when he's just turning around. <laughs> it's like, he's like, hey, look at this, the, the, the screen over there. It's like, oh, yeah, right. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. This is so... I'm in. I am in these camera swirls around Billy Bob Thornton just turning around, <laughs> like, repeatedly. <laughs> I also think from a very early point as well that this movie is spectacularly well shot. Yeah. I really do think it is. I mean, it's full Bay style now, isn't yes. it? Like, this is probably between his first film, Bad Boys, and Bad Boys 2 is when the style is, like, sort of manageable. I went to see Ambulance, his latest film, earlier this year, and I enjoyed it for, for what it was, but it was headache-inducing. It's a good thing he didn't have a drone back in the 90s, because it would have been absolutely <laughs> insane. Like It was almost like a pastiche of his style, because really? it was so kinetic, and the drone shots, and you never got any spatial awareness, because I think the, uh, the average shot length in Armageddon is about 1.5 seconds, mm. whereas in, in Ambulance, it must be Half that because it just never stops. Oh, yeah. just, would it, would it, would it, you know, considering I threw up a golden eye on the N64, would I throw up a ambulance? I had a headache when I came out. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, seriously. I found that with that um, 
the that six underground he did yes. with Ryan Reynolds. Um, I I watched under six underground in four sittings <laughs> because it was just too much. It, it's just it, it just gives you a headache. It, it's it's mad that film. And that's at home. It was just it was just insane how it was like just four or five really long music videos. <laughs> it's like yeah. I can't handle this bay. Calm down. <laughs> just <laughs> have a nice dialogue scene, please. <laughs> just one <laughs> shot reverse shot. Just just have a nice chilled out scene. You don't have to go twelve out of ten just all the time. <laughs> so yeah, I actually found Armageddon's visual style and uh the fra- this is Michael Bay's phrase with regards to his filmmaking file, uh, style of fucking the frame, which is basically <laughs> having the camera moving so much and Ugh. editing so quickly that you can't get a sense of anything and it's just constant movement. I actually found this quite sedate compared to his last couple yes. of movies that okay, I yeah. watched. <laughs> Subtlety and his tropes. There are certain Michael Bay tropes that are very obvious. Yeah that come out quite quickly. One of them is, um, dare I say, there's always quite a bit of sexism in these movies. And this opening bit with, (laughs) where the guy sees the asteroids coming, he sees the asteroid coming and he asks whether he can name it. Yeah. Well, there's that other bit, you know, where are you coming to, you know, are you coming inside, you know, um, Get the phone! Get the book! Get the book! Get the book! <laughs> I don't know. I, I was howling, dying, laughing, and then that awful. You know, I get to name it, don't I? Yeah, we'll name it Dotty after she's a soul-sucking. You know, <laughs> it's just it's just so unacceptable. Isn't it? It's just awful. It was the nineties, baby. <laughs> but it, you, celebrating such. Rot, rotten people. Yeah. <laughs> it's what happens in these movies. But all shot beautifully. Like I love that the reds and the blues and oranges in this film are astonishing. Oh, you know? I know. Michael Bay gets mocked a lot for his filmmaking style. I'm with I'm with you guys. It, it, this is great. <laughs> it's the, it's the way great. it's shot and cut is just. So exhilarated. In this first 10 minutes, I felt like I'd watched about six movies. <laughs> so much was going on just in this first 10 minutes. You're right. It's, it's, an, it's an hour. What, what is it? It's like, um, how, how long is it? It's two and a half hours, isn't yes, it? Yes, sure. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that. I don't think it feels no, like No, because it never stops. Even yeah. the quiet scenes of swooping around and there's cranes. Yeah. And Honestly, the, the camera is never on sticks at any point in this entire movie. <laughs> he doesn't know what a tripod is. Yeah, no, no. Um, I, I also think as well, as we'll and we'll touch on this as we go through, but there's, there's some astonishing stunt work and effects in this film as well. Yeah. You know, I know that the... Um, because everything starts with story, you know. Everything does, and Not the story here. It here <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like the decision has been made. We're going down this route here. We're filming it. We haven't got a script. Yeah. We're going. And don't worry. They're just they're making this story look a million dollars when well, one hundred and forty million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> very good, very good. Um, now, now uh, logic doesn't seem to play a, play a part here either. So. We get this, and I suppose the the compass, I guess, for the movie is Truman, isn't it? Um, Billy Bob Thornton. Who Mm. is underratedly given an excellent performance in this movie. He is, (laughs) isn't he? Yeah. Way above and beyond the Call of Duty. (laughs) It's all like, Billy, you know you can just phone this in. Everybody else is. (laughs) 
I, I think there's a number of great performances. There, there, you know, there are some people who are knowing, knowingly knowing what's going on. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, it's a great but, cast, isn't it? Like, um, it like, is. But a, a cast I probably didn't appreciate as much as a kid. You know, mm. like people like Keith David and yeah, and Billy Bob Keith Thornton David. and you know Will Patton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Patton. Just uh, Will, don't great... call me Bill Paxton Patton. <laughs> It's a really good cast list. Um, it is. Bill Fickner, just... Oh, come on. Welcome back to the podcast, uh, Will Patton. Everyone. They've all been on uh, it. Yeah, yeah. welcome <laughs> Keith back. Keith David, Bill, everyone. Bill Fickner. I Honestly, I adore this man. I don't know why he wasn't a massive movie star in the 90s. You know, an action movie star. Um, perennially sort of like the the other military guy, yeah. you know, who's there, yeah, or the yeah, other yeah. corporate guy who's there. But I, I just think he's brilliant. And he really swings for the fences yeah. here as well. He had um, a good line in Slime Balls as well, if I remember correctly. He did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. really love him. Um, and um, Owen Wilson. I've totally Owen forgot Wilson, he was in yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Which would have been one of his earlier films, surely. One of his, like... Yeah, so I think be. it's a similar situation to what uh, Ben Affleck finds himself in. So he's got critical acclaim from Bottle Rocket. He's co-writing screenplays with Wes Anderson. And his agent has said, no, you need to be a movie star now. <laughs> so you're going to be in Anaconda. You're going to be in Anaconda. <laughs> Even though it's the antithesis of what you actually do, you're going to be in these movies. <laughs> his intro. Oh, my God. His intro. The, 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 it's the, unbelievable the, with the... With the, the high speed on the horse being the chased horse by with helicopters. The blood red <laughs> sunset and the Apache helicopters coming. <laughs> it's mad. Uh, it's just mad. So because these like the, the, these people must be absolutely shitting themselves when the authorities are just trying to talk to them, and they're like, "Why are we being chased by helicopters?" <laughs> <laughs> I, the worrying thing as well is that when, when these people, when they say, you know, like, there's any whiff of authority, they all act guilty yeah. <laughs> straight away, like they've done something appall- appalling. Um, Buscemi is, is yeah, absolutely no... Sex pastorama. I mean, that was, like, that was something I massively <laughs> forgot about this film, and I was just like... Why is that? What? Why is he like this? Why? Why? That's well, nothing whatsoever. Steve Buscemi might have had those questions himself because apparently, when he signed on to the movie, he was a genius geologist who was, you know, and he was looking forward to doing something a little bit different from the sleaze bags that he'd been playing over the years. And then he got to set and he'd rewritten the part and made him all sleazy and creepy. Uh. And- <laughs> He's like, all right, so fine, I'm getting paid. Yeah. Um, I mean, bear in mind, the previous summer, he played a comic relief cannibal in, um, in Connor. Con- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But we, we, we touched upon the writers of this of this film, mm. but the, the two that jumped out to me in the credits was obviously J.J. Abrams. Like, but what? I, don't, I did yeah. not have any... When his name popped up, I, my mind exploded all over my sofa. Um, and then... <laughs> Um, Jonathan Hensley was involved as well, wasn't he? Yeah, it's his initial idea, I think, and then he did a draft of the script, and then about 15 different people come in and did script got to work on it. Wrote a line each. Yeah, (laughs) including Robert Town, the screenwriter of Chinatown, you know, widely considered the greatest screenplay ever. Wow. (laughs) Do a pass on this. Do a pass on my shit meteor movie. Well, that's what he did in the nineties. He wrote Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible Two as well. Yeah, bloody man, uh, so interesting. Uh, like the the putting together of this film is almost 
all, if not more interesting than the film itself. The the backstory, the the behind the scenes stuff. Well, yeah, um, I mean, because Bruce Willis isn't even supposed to be in this movie. He only ends up on it because he's in a different film, uh, a comedy that were called the Broadway Brawler, which was basically just the. I think they'd started filming it and they just shut it down. It was like unsalvageable. So what Disney did was they signed him up to a three picture deal, and and basically took his salary offset his salary against writing off the production costs on that film for him to be in Armageddon and then two other movies for the studio. Do you know what those movies might have been? Rob, you you would I know what they are. Rob, you would you should get these. After this. Be, yeah, yeah, you should be all over this, Rob. Two of your favourite yeah. Bruce Willis uh, movies. Unbreakable. Yeah. Unbreakable and before Oh, and Sixth Sense. Yeah. Before the... Ah! So it's fair to say that Disney got their money's worth out of old Bruce. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) But he hated working with Michael Bay and refused to ever work with him again. I I need information on Michael Bay. I mean, I need need more. I need to deep dive, I think. Um, Is he just like a... Was it... Was it... Like, did he come from money or something? I don't. I don't know how he's got the big lucrative career. He got his start in advertising and music videos, didn't he? And mm. then basically, the Bruckheimer took him on um, yeah. for Bad Boys, which he made. That film was relatively low budget. I think they made that for like eighteen million dollars with a couple of sitcom stars, and it did gangbusters. And he made it look like it cost a hundred million dollars. And then he was Bruckheimer's guy for. Uh, until he moved over to do the island right, for, right. for DreamWorks. Interesting. Wow. The, uh, the island, I think, is another good pick for this, possibly. Um, but anyway, on, on with what we've got, because we're not going to get through every bit no, in this movie. We're just going to have to... They're oil riggers. They're going into space because yeah. apparently astronauts can't drill. <laughs> they can <laughs> yeah. do lunar travel, but they can't, <laughs> but they can't no. drill a hole. So I, Bruce I, yeah. and his mates have to go up and do it. And can we welcome someone else to the podcast who, um, you, some, well, we I certainly recognise, but Judith Hogue from Ninja Turtles. Yes, is uh, April Will O'Neil, Patton's yeah, wife. Will Patton's yeah. wife, yeah. Uh, or ex-wife. Yes. Or, He's estranged. He's a salesman. Yes. Oh, it's so nice. I got, you, uh, I got always... something coming up that might make you <laughs> feel real bit proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> then he leaves a little shuttle on the doorstep. He's like... Supposed to be a secret, you maniac. I know <laughs> that bit of ad lib, James, was better than any line in this film. Let's let's be dead clear because uh, that is uh, a bit line of dialogue from the movie. It is, it is, <laughs> but you you did, somehow did it better. <laughs> but so, come on, I think he's swinging. For, I love Patton. We yeah, he's great. About Will Very reliable. Before, he's wow, got and he's got, got some great lines space. in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 clock on that nuclear bomb is ticking. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some properly good things, and there are the odd good line in this. There is, sorry, the odd good line in this, but it is weighed down by some really garrulous excess at times and <laughs> real bottom rung stuff, you know, about <laughs> turds and and you know, like when they arrest Steve Curry, Steve Curry, <laughs> Steve Curry, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> 
<laughs> Rockhound, give him. His yeah, sorry. Name. When they arrest Rockhound, and he's like, she, she, you know, was she, she was, she's not underage or something like that. Like, what? Is, this is not. There's good. that constant thing about the underage guy. It's like, oh god, stop! Is it all yeah. Bay movies that you know? Yeah, this is. Isn't the thing. one it's of the not... Transformers movies about? It's. I think it's the Mark Wahlberg one. Yes, I've not seen those ones. Yeah, but basically, this this lad that his daughter's going out pulls out a card that basically said that it's all right for him. Some law that made the Romeo and Juliet law that says that it's all right for him to date his underage daughter. It's <laughs> really, really rotten. Yeah, what are you trying to do here? And this is, you know, and and we're we're. <laughs> Sorry, I still can't get over the fornicating rats in Bad Boys Two. <laughs> someone had someone had to make a puppet of those rats <laughs> and test that budget was, went on that. Can you believe it? I'm ashamed He's to say that. the mother rat. <laughs> it's the funniest bit in Bad Boys Two, though. <laughs> some distance. I just remember Bad Boys Two like finishing, and then it's gone. Oh, it was a good film, that. and then they go to Cuba. And it's like fucking hell. It's it another, another four oh, I know, minutes. I know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they flatten oh, a favela. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Killing thousands. <laughs> I think what we're trying to say is, if Michael Bay could tone down these excesses, yeah, these movies would hold up so much better. They would. You if know, they were they, shorter, they really, really if would. they <laughs> were <laughs> less offensive. <laughs> less offensive, yeah. Because um, there's a lot of stuff that I really enjoy, but there's a lot of stuff I really that really ages Terribly, yeah. Despite how whiz bang and brilliant it was, yeah. I think there's three there's three sort of prongs to the the sort of dialogue of of his films. Some of it I think is genuinely funny and intentionally mm. funny. Some of it is unintentionally funny, <laughs> and then some of it's just like offensive. He's like, oh, for God's yeah. Sake, why is that in the film? Why have yeah. you got this co- this like consistent thread? It's already. It's a two-and-a-half-hour film. You don't yeah. need all that crap with Buscemi and all this But I, I also want to like crap. these people. I want to, you know, I want to like... I don't want to think, well, why have they got this obvious sex offender in space? <laughs> why are they doing this? But the things like, you know, where they're all having the medicals and stuff and Michael Clark Duncan just gets up, starts dancing naked on the yeah. I mean, none of this is scripted. He lets the actors improv. And because he's got no sort of gift for comedy himself as a filmmaker, he just thinks it's all hilarious. Like, yeah, and he just puts it in like, like the woman who's um, who's injecting them to go to for their physicals and stuff oh. like that, singing like uh, the national anthem. But she's doing it like you're all going to die in a week. Like, why isn't everybody losing their mind? <laughs> She makes some appalling crude joke about, oh, it's a prostate exam or something, isn't it? And oh, yeah. She's I'm just here to drill and she goes, so am I, and then pulls out. Oh, this... it's so crude, isn't it? You know. <laughs> and that <laughs> hilarious <laughs> fat man toddler called Max, he, uh, this guy's about to give <laughs> put a syringe in him and he goes, if you put that in me, I'm going to stab you in the heart with it. It's like... These are scientists at NASA. We've all got to pull together for the common good here. I know. No, they're all Weird crooks. baby man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> for a second there, I was thinking of... <laughs> they took Pearl in space from Blade. <laughs> 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 oh dear, it's painful. Um, so, right, they they 
There are American flags everywhere at NASA, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> they just—they've got the, they must have them up absolutely everywhere. Um, but so many, you know, the we get let's let's get the launch sequence comes. They've been approved to go into space uh, somehow, um, and they're astronauts now, uh, which is insane. <laughs> but the launch sequence is so exhilarating. The yeah. music's incredible. Yeah. You know, really, really exciting stuff. Um, two genuine launch sequences, I believe. Is that yes, right? Yes, that's um, right. Yeah, glad to so, set up sixteen cameras. He probably wow. wanted forty-five, but we had to curb it at sixteen. <laughs> I think one of the one of the big sort of high points of this movie is all the the scenes that are designed to be very tense and yeah, you know, there's a big build up to them. They're all so successful. So all the you know this bit, the launch bit's great. Yeah, and I mean, there's about twenty different variations of a countdown <laughs> so yes yeah but they're all this so is after intense. we've already had a countdown for days you know like yeah and they've got like this you know the world's gonna end what should we do well first we're gonna get the, the nasa guys to make a really huge dock off clock in the, <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. control room but where we can all the, see what because they were like we're at a race against time and then there's this clock pops up and my, my other half was like do, how do they have the time to manufacture this very specific <laughs> clock <laughs> Sure, it's all other hands things on to do. Yeah. Come on, can you help us with the drill asteroid thing? It's you know, it's the fate of the sorry, we've got to build the clock. We need build a ticking clock element clock for the mate. third act of <laughs> yeah. the third act of this movie. What I don't get about this movie at all, right, is this is clearly a terrible plan. Right. And Billy Bob Thornton is why he's so good in this movie is that he he plays a guy who goes, I know this is a terrible plan, but this is the only plan that we've got. But yeah. have the other countries around the world not got anything to bring to the party. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, have they not uh, got uh, drillers uh, of their own? You know, for instance. Like, they, have they said, like, you know, don't worry about it, guys. The USA have got this idea by sending crook, crook dr- drillers into space. <laughs> Bruce fine. Willis and his mates are going on a knees <laughs> up to the Russian space station. <laughs> oh, before we. we <laughs> Yeah, once they get into space, it's literally sequence after sequence. Every time that they get over one obstacle, another one appears. Oh, there's, there's too many obstacles. To be- <laughs> yeah. Like, literally like, everything like, that can go wrong. Just, <laughs> it goes bananas. Go it does. The, the fuel leak stuff. Peter Stormare, he is in Tim Curry Congo territory. With oh, God. Loving is. the role yeah, and accents. Everything's true. nuts. Running around in a hat and a vest. You know, like one of those those Russian hats and a vest. Yeah. Had he been this... up there for 11 years, someone said? <laughs> no, 18 months, I think. Right. The station had been there 11 years. Right, that's why I'm He'd been there 18 months, I think. Um, but yeah, you'd be forgiven for thinking <laughs> he's never had human contact, this guy. Um, and he's charging about bossing people around. And yeah. it's, and the space station blows up, essentially. But that sequence... Because he again, gave a super important job to Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck? He's never been <laughs> yeah. in space before. <laughs> it's like... You, you know, because right. they're only supposed to just stop off at the space station just to refuel. And it was like, yeah, all right, I'm just going to let Ben Affleck oversee this refueling process. Yeah. Has no idea ever. You know, he's never done this. He's <laughs> so, never been in space before, and this is like, fairly critical to the success of the mission. So we'll let the 
one of the driller guys do it instead of some of the astronauts that we've sent with them. Well, not only any of the driller guys, like the hothead driller guy who do, goes against trusted. the rules all the time. <laughs> what, why, why didn't Fichtner or anybody go like, right, we're here, we've made it at the space station. You clowns don't get out of your seats. You don't even need to get out. You <laughs> can be locked in the car while the we're drilling. at the petrol station. <laughs> don't get your NASA nappies on. Just stay there. <laughs> yeah, don't move. But like, no, come on, let's all get off at the International Space Station. You think I don't know how to refuel a jet? You in mind? I'm the best. Why? I am. Also, in this movie, is Bruce doing like a little southern lilt that he just sort of abandons halfway oh, through the movie? I don't know. I'm pretty sure halfway through he's like, I he's don't supposed know to be about like, a, yeah, because he's yeah, because he's from New Jersey, isn't he, Bruce Willis? So yeah, I don't know how many oil drillers there are from New from, from New York. <laughs> Seems like more of a Texas type thing, and I'm pretty sure he's doing a slight southern lilt that he just completely abandons by the time he gets yeah, to yeah. I did notice that, but I think this is one of Bruce Willis's best performances. I think he is so likable, even though he's a total douchebag. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think many people could get away with yeah. being in such an absurd movie, delivering such absurd lines, but selling them so well and yes. being like so lovable throughout the whole thing. Like, he's been a right twat when you introduce him when he's, like, beaning golf balls at Greenpeace. (laughs) (laughs) And he's shooting, trying to shoot people. He's trying to shoot. He's firing a gun on an oil rig (laughs) while investors are there. But he gets away with it. I don't think any other actor could get away with it. There's very few actors who could get away with it. Um, God bless him. Yeah. I think you're right. his commitment is the key here, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, all charisma so and charm, good, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Getting the uh, goddamn oh. job done. <laughs> I never missed a depth yet or something. I don't know. I mean, once he got on the asteroid, this becomes the funniest movie in the world. Right? <laughs> oh, it's just so <laughs> good. And I just add three years between this and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes. Looks like a lot. Longer, doesn't it? It looks a lot longer. He looks younger in this than he does in Die Hard with Avengers. I yes, was going to yes. say that he I does look younger. In no, this. I don't mean Willis. I mean the movie styles. You know, oh yeah, that yeah. looks like a, a hang. You know, like a hangover from the nineties, doesn't? Uh, from the eighties, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this, you know, looks like it's a two thousand. The defining right? motion picture of the nineties. That's what Armageddon. Is. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's got space dementia. You're damn right. <laughs> damn right. It's the defining picture. I think everyone got space dementia after watching this movie. I have to say though, I do really appreciate and love. I think it's one of the best parts of the movie. Actually, is the how they make the meteor a villain. Oh yeah, and they're like yes. the way it looks when it goes, and it's got yeah. like that really like horrible droney sound whenever you're showing it. And it's got this weird like atmosphere around it and stuff and the way it's all dead sharp and jaggedy yeah it's a great design isn't it i remember that at the time being like it's how they've managed to make a big rock a really good villain yeah have a bit of personality yeah they do they give it a personality don't they and and there's that line isn't there like you know when everything's blowing up and it's there's rock flying everywhere and they say you know why is it doing it it knows it's trying to kill us (laughs) you know it says Sorry, she knows she's trying to kill it. <laughs> yeah. Sentient what? Yeah. Oh. Um, but I love that, the, you know, seeing... Because um, there are casualties, I mean... Oh, Owen Wilson the, gets it. 
Owen Wilson's actually quite good fun in this movie. I mean, there's he about is. four he is. too many really comic relief characters <laughs> yes. in this film. But he, he's quite good when him and Ben Affleck are discussing Star Wars and when he asks Billy Bob Thornton what it's going to be like up there and then he gives him like horrendous uh, descriptions <laughs> like, oh, just uh, just the uh, scariest uh, environment imaginable. That's all you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think he's great in this. I agree. He is, yeah. he um, is, yeah. And so they, they you know, they, one party crashes, you know, and they think AJ and Bear are dead and all yeah. this, you know, and left the, the, the Russian space station there. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, They've got a job to do, so they're going to carry on and do it, you know. Uh, and it's genuinely all exciting. They try, try to blow the nukes up. Fichtner's got to say something brilliant, like, let's turn this bomb off. You know, it's such a great line. It's so funny. They've been drilling for about five minutes, and they've got, it's like, we should be at 200 feet. Where are we? 56 feet. It's like, we've only just got here, lads. And it was a yeah. <laughs> landing, and he's landed us on, like, the worst possible part of the asteroid. <laughs> Yeah, Buscemi's not even made a, managed to make a joke about going after underage girls yet. Give him a chance. You know? Yeah, because they overshoot the landing, don't they? And they land on a part yeah. where it's a it's a metal they don't they've never seen before, and it's just you can't drill through it. So oh, great, well done, Fishner. And then they, <laughs> the Secretary of Defense is um, trying to screw the mission, isn't he? And he's like, we're yeah. just gonna have to blow the nukes. That's what that, that's all we can do. We can't abandon the drilling mission, you know. We've just the one shot we have uh, <laughs> didn't work. It's like they've only just got there, mate. Give them a chance. We've got Doesn't like we've still got like either. a good like we still got a good amount of time for them to try it again. It's like nah, just blow the nukes, boom, just, just forget, <laughs> blow them up. It still makes sense because they've got at least like four hours before they hit this barrier. So that would be the last. You know, the worst case scenario is you just blow them because when you haven't hit your depth at that point, you wouldn't blow them and just fly back to Earth, would you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not worked. That was a waste. It was a waste of a journey. Let's get home 20 minutes before the, before the asteroid hits. Um, Buscemi gets the aforementioned space dementia. He's got yeah. space dementia. Because there's Gatling guns on the... Because the... you need them. Yeah. Like, but like third-party controlled Gatling guns. <laughs> and he doesn't sort of know that they're firing everywhere and they have to rugby tackle him. And because they're on him, Max dies. You know, that's he dies because... Space dimension. <laughs> I can't believe I've said that. Toddlers should not be operating heavy machinery. <laughs> yeah. And um, away he goes, you know, um, up into... But there's some brilliant... Ah! Some great cries of anguish. I love all the... Everyone's swinging. I love it all. This is, you know, Paris gets iced about this point. We see fake Tony Blair... Um, which was absolutely amazing. Um, what I love most about this film is like Shanghai and Paris get flattened as well during the. We didn't even talk about New York getting flattened. Oh yeah, New York. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, of course. With Little Richard, you know the, the dog guy. Eddie, nice. what's he called? That comedian. Is it Eddie Griffin? Eddie yeah. Griffin. Oh, Some wonderfully <laughs> sensitive material going on. <laughs> He's not even in the movie again after this, but he gets like no. a, this huge like helicopter shot intro of him 
as a bike messenger across the yeah. Brooklyn Bridge at twilight. It's incredible. It's like, oh, is this guy going to be the star of the movie? No, he's going <laughs> to do some really poorly in poor taste comedy and then, <laughs> then his dog going to survive getting hit by an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, back to the space rock. But what I was actually going to say, the cutaways are so funny in this. You know when like the president's addressing the world, and oh uh, yeah, and it's like apparently the 1950s in the in in parts of rural America. (laughs) (laughs) Stop there. Like the 1800s in other parts of the world. It's just so stereotypical. It's like borderline (laughs) racism. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this is not a movie for international relations. No, no. He does that in Independence Day as well, though, doesn't it? It goes to all like around the world. Not as bad as this. This is is pretty, pretty bad. (laughs) And then when it cuts to the when it cuts to uh, the British soldiers in Independence Day, and they're still fighting World War Two. By the (laughs) way. (laughs) <laughs> oh, um, and then you know another just another disaster happens and the bomb won't go off by itself well no I mean Maybe Ben Affleck turns up doesn't he jumps over the Grand Canyon oh, yeah. in his little <laughs> evil can evil yeah. <laughs> you ever heard of evil can evil so he turns up to save the day and uh, yeah, Bruce Willis depth. is like you're not going to get to that depth. You're going to blow it. You're going to blow it. And he's like, let me do it. If you're going to listen to me this one time, it's like, no, no, you've got no track record at all. You're a hothead <laughs> idiot. Like, get out. <laughs> it's like, I don't understand. I mean, I understand the urgency, but it's just like, no, just pull it back and then we'll go back in again. It's like, we've got a bit of time. We're, we're sound here. No problems. <laughs> um, did they manage to get to the right depth? Um, yeah, somehow. Despite Bruce's only promise came good. It's, it just completely undermines Bruce Willis's whole like theory on why they couldn't send the astronauts to do the drilling. Because I would say that 90% of this mission has been about being an astronaut and maybe 10% about the drilling. <laughs> yes, this is abundantly true. Because <laughs> they spend about 15 minutes of this really long movie doing any actual drilling. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> they could have got them in to build the drill and then maybe show them how to use the drill. And that, that's probably all they needed to do. They you know what? I would have bought Bruce Willis going as like a technical advisor for yes. for, for the astronauts there and and whatnot. I, I would have I would have got that, but his whole ragtag crew but going through astronaut school <laughs> crash course like <laughs> trying to pass a driving test in a oh, week. Yeah. Like. Owen Wilson hasn't. Uh, isn't seen near a drill in the whole film. <laughs> yeah, because he's no evidence on, he's a driller. <laughs> he's not on the rig, is he, at the start? No. Like everyone else is, but he's not. He's just like, oh yeah, I want this guy. And then this is like this cowboy just randomly. <laughs> yeah. There's a dude as well. You know when they're giving their list of demands to Billy Bob Thornton? And um, there's a guy oh, who wants yeah. two women who are, who are non-US citizens to be made citizens. And I forget his name. And he's never seen again. Where did he go? Yeah, he's just... <laughs> I assume yeah. he died in the other shuttle, but he has no lines and no screen time after that moment. 
<laughs> Too many Maybe he got necks. whacked. Maybe he got he got cut from you know, as in he didn't. NASA booted him out. Maybe you know, and that must have been for something really bad because they've let everything else slide. <laughs> um, but they draw sh- straws to see who's got to stay and nuke the bomb, finish the job. And uh, AJ draws the shortest straw, and he's cool about it initially. Um, good line. Everyone's going to die one day. Why not die saving the world? That is a good line. I like that. But he goes down and Stamper, uh, Bruce, takes him down, but then double-crosses him and gets back in. In a nice way. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't shoot him. He shot him. He does pull out his air supply. It's a bit harsh. And sends him back out. Your job is now to look after my daughter. He's like, no, Harry, it's my job. I love you, Harry. It's so good. And Bruce Willis is like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Kill me now. (laughs) I thought you wanted to marry my daughter, not me. (laughs) It's almost the Batman. (laughs) Your Honor, do you mind if I sit in on proceedings? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But everything still goes wrong. I know, even really blowing up everywhere. (laughs) And Dottie is so obsessed with killing Bruce. And I think I'm almost going here. Bruce gets in, the, <laughs> finds time to get in the armadillo and all the terrible conditions slow down to silence so he can deliver this speech to Liv Tyler. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's so brilliant. It, I, I, it's it's so manipulative. Oh, it's I know. so brilliant. It's, Bruce is solitary tear. I love you, Grace. You know, the music's going and it's absolutely stunning. Is it just me or does Liv Tyler have massive hands? (laughs) Is it a small monitor or a big hand? I love that. (laughs) I love that they they go, you know, like, go and have a private word with your dad. We've set up a little station over here, which has got about 50 screens beaming him all over over the control room. And everyone's just hunkered back a little bit listening like, oh, this is dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but then on top of that, the... Bomb won't go off. Bruce has got to stay there and set it off manually. And then everyone's back in the shuttle. It's like, oh, back to Earth we go. Bruce is going to sort this out. But his shuttle won't start. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he hits it with a wrench. <laughs> Screenwriters, you know, like, they're like, what do we do? I mean, you know, what do we do? Just have him hit it. Have him hit it, hit it. And, like, so I do find myself saying, you know, the way he goes, finally. I say, you know, something that I've been waiting to happen happens. Finally! Storm Air is still swinging for the fences with a wrench. This is how we fix Um, things on the Russian space station! (laughs) (laughs) Another nasty bit of casual sexist uh, activity. Get out of my way, woman! (laughs) Throws her away so that he can hit the thing. Which is, yeah, we'll just have to uh, pretend that never happened again, like so many other things in this movie. Um, and they go home, and Bruce nukes himself, and, oh, the return. Saves the motherfucking world. He saves oh, the world. I'm in, I'm in, I, I, I text you guys, I unashamedly wept. Uh, when this was, it, it knew what it was doing with this mark over here. <laughs> and they get down, and there's lots of, you know, walking... You know, I love how battered the spaceship is when it gets back. By I'm the not way. surprised. So, like, jet, jet, like, yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you send amateurs in space with your very expensive equipment. I mean, amateurs is generous. That's <laughs> the amount of training that they had. Um, and yes, uh, 
Oh, the reunions are absolutely wonderful. It was when Will Patton's kid came out. Yeah, with yeah. Oh, that's when I'm, I'm crying my eyes out. And Fichtner is like, allow me to shake the hand of the dog. Oh, my God. Oh, the yeah, bravest yeah. man I've ever met. Oh, my word. <laughs> he Bill. should have won an Academy Award for delivering he what really is the sh- best slash worst line in the history of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Straight it's so excellent. No, he had all the best worst lines. <laughs> he did. Adventure line. He did. <laughs> Turn this bomb off. Uh, Where? Uh, oh my god, it's oh, yeah. <laughs> On your family. Oh, you know, I'll uh, flick your neck, Bill. Well, he's got his neck in a space wrench. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Again, the fact that in any other movie that would be a key moment, but no, this is just, <laughs> just got lost in the whirlwind. You just can't, we don't have time. Let's turn this bomb off. <laughs> it's superb. Um, then um, we cut, oh my word, to the wedding. And the tears start all over again when. The piano start of Don't Wanna Miss a Thing starts. <laughs> and then they've got the like the obituary photographs yeah. of like, when did they have them taken? Like you know, it was Bedlam beforehand. <laughs> you know, like well, we've got a little studio you. set up for in case you die. <laughs> Sorry. Astronaut graduation photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've got astronaut training until one. Uh, quick <laughs> lunch. Then we're doing we're gonna do a quick profile with variety as well. That'll take about yeah, an yeah. <laughs> a couple of hours. Quick photo shoot and then back shots. On, yeah. Back on some more <laughs> astronaut training. <laughs> um and the, the Polaroids of the wedding and all this yeah. kind of it's great. Apparently it, it's, it was Ben Affleck's addition, uh, suggestion to Michael Bay to show the wedding over the credits oh, and nice. film it all on sixteen millimeter. It's almost like he's a really good filmmaker, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Outstanding. He and, doesn't and... get cr- enough credit, Ben Affleck, because he's this handsome dude. And, yeah. you know, he they, they, was obviously put, you know, I mean, I'm sure he wanted to do it, but was sort of pushed in the direction of being this Hollywood leading man. Yeah. He gets a lot of unfair flack. He is a good filmmaker. And he's a, I think he's a good present, screen presence as well. Um, yes. Yeah. If he gets the right material, he's he's very, very good. I like the stuff that he makes. Now, now that he's sort of stepped away from doing huge blockbusters, and yeah, as a director, he's he's very solid. He's made three really good films, and one that was sort of a which we might do on the pod one time, maybe Live by Night, which was sort of an ambitious kind of mm. failure. It didn't quite work, but you know, he's. Uh, I wonder when he's going to direct again because he's a very, very good, capable director. Mm. Yeah. I, I've never. I must have not. I must admit. Whenever Affleck's been involved in anything, I've never not enjoyed it. Gotta yeah, be honest. I do like him. I think he's a very likable screen presence, and yeah, yeah he's got some duds in it, but most movie stars have. Mm. Should have had his very own Batman movie as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that did they couldn't get the wheels moving quick enough on that, I and mean, it sort of dragged. Mm. Out. I mean, the one what ended up with the Reeves one with Pattinson is brilliant, but um, yeah. you know, it is a sort of case of what might have been had they mm. done the. Arkham Asylum one, which Ben Affleck worked to do, which sounded great. I would have loved to have seen the so one cool. directed by him as well. But uh, Yeah, that would have been so ace. Um, uh, can I just ask what you think about this song? I mean, there's a lot of Aerosmith on the soundtrack, to be honest. There's at least mm, yeah. two Sweet Emotion the, is there. Sweet yeah, Emotion's on there, and their cover of um, Come Together is also on there as well when the lads are out having the booze up before they go into space. I can't believe I've just uttered those words. Obviously. The lads are having booze up before they go into space. We've we've not talked again as well about. Sorry, there's so much coming to my head now about the Australian accent of the animal crackers, like the gazelle. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, I, 
And it's just like he's going like he's so babyish as well when he's like going up to her boobs and he's like, "Here you go north of the border, here you go down south," and it's like going down. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you absolute child! <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost like the love story was completely superfluous to the rest of the <laughs> narrative and was added late to cash in on the Titanic crowd and could have been cut at any point. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that made me feel icky. That bit, by the way. Yeah, really, I found yeah. it very hilarious, though. I it was... <laughs> well, yeah, there was obviously that. Especially with Steven Tyler singing over the top of it. Like, yeah. while his daughter's being <laughs> crackered. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think somebody's doing this exact same thing? This exact mo- <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, really don't. Obviously not. There's absolutely no chance. I hope so. Otherwise, what the hell are we trying to save? Oh, yes. There we go. That is a very Team America line, isn't it? Though? <laughs> really? It's super Team America. Um, so, oh, yeah, the song, uh, yay or nay. Let's just do that. Yay or nay on the song. <sighs> no, I hate it at the time, Rob. I'm really yeah. sorry. I was, no, it's, uh, all, it's quite all right. That was the thing I hated about this movie was that song. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's as emotionally um, cynical as it gets. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of a big blockbuster movie having a big blockbuster song, yeah, pretty much smashed it. Really, everyone. Yeah, he's it. very Brian everyone Adams, isn't it? Yeah, very, yeah, everyone's got it. Impressive. Everyone gets it. It was overplayed, so um, I really haven't heard it for a very long time now. Actually, until when it polaxed me when I listened to it. You know, watched the movie today. It's no, how do I live? But then what is? What is? I know. You know. I, I mean, I'll never cry at an action movie like I do at the end of Con Air. <laughs> oh, my word. Cage is reunited <laughs> with his family. Oh. <laughs> Having murdered I'm thousands in now. Las Vegas. <laughs> 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 so, let's do some best bits. Fellas, what are your best bits? Okay, so best bits. Um, I mean, I think that Will Fickner line is unbelievable. He, he, I think the, the way he delivers that line... Requesting permission to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man I've ever met. How many takes do you reckon that took? I don't know, but how can he retain such gravitas and commitment on every take? This is why I like this movie because everyone involved does that. They do. They know how ridiculous it is. And they yeah, just, they, they go yeah. with it. They're just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just gonna deliver this with immense gravity. <laughs> I, want the, I want the Bill Fichtner, um commentary i want to know what he's thinking throughout this movie uh, i mean the list of demands is also very very funny because they're just <laughs> such basic things that they're asking for like babies everywhere <laughs> max the grown toddler wants eight track tapes reinstating <laughs> michael clark duncan wants to sleep at the white house why would you want that though i don't owen wilson wants parking tickets and they don't want to pay taxes. Just ask for $500 million each. What are they going to say? No, they're clearly in a bind at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sending you to space. <laughs> this is a last resort. Of course they're going to pay money. <laughs> oh, Sai, what's your favourite bit, man? Um, I, I, I mean, I just love the opening sequence, to be honest, with Billy Bob Thornton. I, I, lo- I think Billy mm. Bob Thornton's the best thing in this movie. Yeah, by yeah he's great. great. He's so I mean, good. He sells that. As a you know the the super smart NASA dude, really well with it you know who who is happy to go against orders to do the right thing. I fucking love Billy Bob Thornton, mm. but uh, I, I, that shot of I think the shot of Paris getting leveled is an incredible. Yeah, it's very it, impressive. It, has, isn't it? it just still looks amazing that shot. Yeah, it, 
it isn't to say that it still stands up after you know what is it 22 years it's pretty impressive that isn't yeah. it added in late as well like 24 years 24 yeah. years sorry they'd locked the movie and then it was testing and Bruckheimer said that they needed something else to be happening on earth so they decided wow. to level paris and put it <laughs> good call jerry yeah yeah, yeah. good call the craft the craft, the craft of cinema. <laughs> Discussing the craft of cinema with Armageddon. With Armageddon. <laughs> um, Favourite bit for me, I'm going to find it um, hard to swing away from uh, anything Fichtner's doing in this movie. I absolutely love him. Um, the let's turn this bomb off is unbelievable. I can't stop saying it. Um, do you swear on, my, on your daughter, on my family, you can make that depth? You know, what bananas lines are these? <laughs> But my word, he's going for it. I've just, I think it's amazing. Um, yeah. So just the whole Fichtner package is brilliant. But yeah, the moment Will Patton's son comes out and suddenly all is forgiven with lovely Judith Hogue, April O'Neil, ready to welcome him back into the, you know, the family unit. He did say the knows world what he's done, up, you know? I mean. <laughs> I know, but like some ills. I mean, what, what, why did it not work out? I want to know the, the, Patton Baxter. He wants a weekend in Vegas, so I think that's why it didn't work. <laughs> oh yes, he's got he's he's a uh, ga- the suggestions he's got a gambling thing, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what spends all his wages from the from the oil rig at the, the um, casinos. It's all right. He's not going to be paying taxes anymore. He can gamble as much. As he yeah. Wants. Yeah. Something came up. Rupia. <laughs> money. That's what came up. Um, what about? Uh, yeah. Let's let's wrap it up. FYR for your reconsideration, James Armageddon. What are you thinking? Okay, uh, so the film is nauseatingly jingoistic, sleazy, sexist, xenophobic, and a completely stupid mess. But it's also sort of good. <laughs> <laughs> so from minute one, the bayhem never ceases, even in the quieter scenes, and the actors appear to know exactly what kind of movie they have signed on for and fully lean into the film's idiocy. It's a big, dumb, loud, cheesy 90s popcorn movie that is only concerned with rattling your retinas and coaxing tears from your ducks, which it does with a plum, to be fair. There's a heavy dose of nostalgia attached to Armageddon for me. So, And whilst I'm furious that I've once again allowed myself to be manipulated by this stupid, stupid movie, <laughs> I can't deny that I had a great time, as did the rest mm. of the family, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Sai? Um, do spacemen shit in their pants? Uh, <laughs> of course... I want to re- reconsider this movie. I don't know if it's because I was like in a particular mood for disaster films. I've been re- I've enjoying them loads recently. I recently, well, I say recently. I, I watched 2012 not long ago, and I just think that's a fucking brilliant film. Um, yeah, I was in a massive love of uh, loving for disaster movies at the moment. Um, and maybe the recent news of Bruce Willis sort of softened me up to his charms a bit more than usual, but. Honestly, I'm going to, um, you know, as much as those issues that James just listed off, which now I feel bad about what I'm going to say, um, I think I'm going to be really controversial, uh, put it all on the line and say, I think this is the peak of 90s blockbuster cinema. I think it's oh, I love fucking you. brilliant. How I think it's is so good. It's amazing how it manages to be so shit, <laughs> but so good at the same time. And I just don't know how anything is how it's possible to do that which is why i think bane needs a bit of like 
but that's like kudos for being able to make something what's simultaneously awful but also really brilliant in the best possible way. Particularly like retrospectively, watching it all these years later, and yeah, you know, there are those things where it's just like needlessly offensive and just like, <laughs> why is this in the movie? This whole line of being a sex pest and all the weirdness and all that sort of bay crap. But it's so entertaining from start to finish. It's just, it rips along at an amazing pace. It's never boring. It's really funny, both intentionally and not intentionally. I just, I just loved it. Five stars all the way for me. <laughs> this is so good. I've enjoyed every word of that. Yeah, um, brilliant. I, I can't, I, I don't disagree at all. It's another mega thumbs up from me here. It is absurd it's stupid it's almost like willfully <laughs> ignorant and idiotic but it's still absolutely incredible <laughs> so it's I, I don't you know and you're right it's a complete juggling act that bay's done i suppose in that you can't argue that this isn't well made it's a phenomenally well made film that he made it in 16 weeks bravo that man yeah i didn't um, know that that's it that's, that's incredible isn't yeah, it yeah that is incredible but in terms of uh, you know story and dialogue at times, we really, really, I'm I'm amazed it got made. <laughs> I'm <so> astonished, <laughs> but it's just brilliant. It's so entertaining. It is blockbuster cinema of the highest degree. It's so stupidly popcornified. I just love it. It's great. And um, any movie that can um, make me cry, like I was. Three worrying that ET was coming through my bedroom window. No, sorry, that was terror. This one is sort of like happy tears, sad tears, happy tears. I don't know what kind. You're of happy tears that these Bruce are. Willis is dead. At the- <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just happy he's not ET. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, just superb. I just I, I absolutely love it. Uh, I'm so glad that you guys feel the same way, and I, I would imagine that a lot of people feel the same way about this. Yeah, but not many people will be bold enough to say it because it's Armageddon. And it's on Disney Plus here in the UK. Yeah, it is, is, yeah. One of Disney's best. But you know like how you get those films that are like obviously bad and still entertaining away? This is somehow still just so well made, but then not. And it's just the, there's just so many contradictions going on in this two yeah. and a half yeah. hours. Why am I enjoying this so much? Exactly, even though yeah. the lines are so bad. But why is the acting so good, even though it's all everyone's kind of phoning it in i just don't it's just the weirdest movie but the most brilliant conflicting two and a half hours movie i've ever seen (laughs) but it doesn't feel like two and a half hours and that in itself is a triumph you know in the era where i don't i don't bother going to the cinema if it's longer than that because i don't have time to you know i check the runtime on films and if it's longer than two hours i don't have time for this i think when i finished watching it i texted you guys and said is this the best film ever made you did kind of Stick by that. I think, is it no, the best for, for ent- entertainment, <laughs> you know, if there's a ratio of <laughs> entertainment versus, you know, runtime versus idiocy, this is the best <laughs> film ever made by oh, an God. absolute ballistic mile. It's so strange, isn't it? It almost wouldn't be as good if it wasn't a bit crap as well. At the yes, same time. Totally. Like, it needs yeah. to be like quite crap as well for it to like elevate itself <laughs> it's the weirdest film. I, I understand why it boils the piss of the critics because it's like 
they all knew it was going to be a huge success as well. Yeah, when they were, it doesn't matter what they say. Yes, they made previews or whatever. So that's why they were just like, I did. This is everything I hate about the film industry. (laughs) (laughs) It's all crap, low, lowest common denominator bollocks with offensive storylines, awful (laughs) characters, stupid plot lines, and everyone is going to lap it. This is the the strangest episode yet, where we've we've decimated the film in so many ways, but have all given it like a unanimous, glowing recommendation. Well, we like um, it more than Michael Bay does, to be fair. <laughs> so the thing is, like, if I was in this movie, I would be proud of it. I'd be so proud to be involved. Like, did you see me absolutely swinging for it in Armageddon? Yeah, I think like Billy Bob Thornton would be like, it's not that bad. It's probably a good like. <laughs> that's a, yeah, I'd take that if I was Bay. <laughs> yeah, look, like if I no, but if I was an actor trying to get more work or whatever, and I, I'd been in this film, I'd be like, right, look what I work with here. Look what <laughs> I did with that. If I'm Bill Fickner, I'm saying, look at how good I was with this material. <laughs> yeah, in sixteen weeks. Yeah, I'm not saying Bill needs more work. He's an absolute legend. Yeah, just saying he was that good in this. Ah, oh, how lovely. I've absolutely loved that. What a loving. I'll watch it again. Don't want to cry again. I've already had to change t-shirt after soaking the other one. <laughs> My salty tears. Um, so next time, who have we got? Oh, it's me. It's me. Is it you, James? It is, What's yes. What's got for us? So uh, you guys might have noticed that Tom Cruise has a little film out by the name of Top Gun Maverick. Ooh. That film is directed by Joseph Kaczynski in what is his second cal- collaboration with Cruise. The first film the two made together was Oblivion. It came out in 2013 and nobody gave a shit about it, apart from Ooh. me. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have give that another look on the next episode. And at time of recording, it is streaming on Prime Video in glorious 4K. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Gorgeous. The second Kaczynski film uh, after Tron Legacy as well. Oh, interesting. Forgot about that. On the pod. Um, uh, James, you've obviously seen it. Sai, have you seen it? I have. I have. I've seen it a few times, actually. Have you? I've never never seen it. I think I've only seen it that one time I saw it at the cinema, as much as I say I like. (laughs) I don't think I've seen it again. (laughs) Very interesting. Well, tune in next time uh, for, yeah, Oblivion. Very, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Thanks for everything, boys. That's been brilliant. Great to be back, listeners. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Give us five stars on your subscription service of choice. Um, and yeah, be good to each other. And, you know, don't mess around watch with Armageddon. the nuclear warhead. <laughs> yeah, definitely watch Armageddon. And let's... Don't bring a gun to space. Yeah, don't take a gun to space. That's such a stupid idea. Or an envelope in space with a secret protocol. In. Oh my God, he's got space dementia. <laughs> Do you think like people went to the doctors after that and said, "Do you know? I just think I might have that space dementia that's going around." <laughs> just hit my head on the mic. 